I'm gonna make this place your home. Good morning and welcome to The Real Real Estate Show. I'm your host, Christine Koenig, uh, here today with... Veronica Daugherty. And... Mike Van Manshart. Yes, here to answer all of your real estate and mortgage questions. Um, I think we've got a great show today. Um, we are going to start by following up on a call-in we had last week regarding um, smart meters and Orange and Rockland's plan to um, switch out everybody's meters, give a little bit of more information as to what that is and um, pros and cons and all of that. So um, thank you very much for the call-in last week. We love when people call in. Um, so please, please call. Yes, and do some more of it. That would be great. And I'd also like to mention to Mark, uh, we'd like to thank you very much. Every time you do have a question, you actually um, call, you know, refer to us by name. And it's nice to know that somebody's paying attention and knows who he's talking to. So thank you for that. <laughs> anyway, uh, also today, we are going to talk about the finances of buying and selling. So if you're getting ready to sell your home, what is it actually going to cost you? What are those? What are the fees that you're not expecting to pay? Um, so that as you think about listing your home, you are financially prepared. And the same thing on the other side, when you're buying a home, um, what what all goes into closing costs? What? Uh, how much money do you really need to have uh, be able to get your hands on in order to buy? So um, we are so lucky to have Mike Van Mansart here with us today because, uh, you know, he's He's Mike of the Mike's Mortgage Minute, but uh, today, as we really dig into these uh, finances, especially uh, on the buy side, he is going to provide invaluable insight. So thank you, thank you. Really thank you. appreciate your time today. So Veronica, should we talk about smart meters first? Or do you, uh, do you have some- Please do, because I have no idea about smart meters, <laughs> and I was hoping you would elaborate. All right, so smart meters are um, have been, I guess, across the country, been being installed on homes for about, I mean, my research showed at least the past six years. Um, I looked at the Orange and Rockland site, and they sort of have a list of when, um, like when installation was going to take place. And they only have a calendar for Rockland right now. So I believe that Orange County were off the hook for a little bit um, in Are terms the of- the smart meters like they drive by and can tell me what I own type thing? Because I think is, most new houses, and anytime they come in for repair, they're throwing the they're smart throwing meters the in. Yeah, because yeah, right. that is what it is. And not only that, it provides you with an opportunity to log into the site and see what your usage is. So when, when like, if you know you're not home all day long and then you see that you have some unexpected usage, you can figure out what, what what's drawing all that power. And, you know, it helps you to facilitate your own energy usage. So is it just the utilities or... Uh, uh, I mean, yeah, it's just it's just like right now you have um, if you have the traditional kind of spinning wheel um, to talk about your usage. Right. Mm -hmm. So it spins slow or it spins fast. And at the end of the month, you get a number. Right. So right. now it's digital and it calculates, um, you know, in real time what your usage is. It reports um, back kind of in a couple times a day way to Orange and Rockland. And then they can really monitor um, system wide what the usage is. So they know, um, and they can now have really accurate historic data, so they can figure out how better to buy energy and what you know their grid needs are and can plan for the future um, in a very accurate way. So, that, I mean, those are the advantages for the electric company, right? Right. Um, but there are some advantages for the actual um, users. So, like, on our end, we, sp we spoke a little bit about really being able to dig in and understand what your energy habits are um, and... I guess the other, more intangible, is that the 
utility company is able to prevent blackouts and stuff because they're really going to have more of an understanding of, of when exactly that power is being used. So I hope that answers our question from last week. Yeah, I guess I don't have a smart meter. I would just assume that you meant the radio that transmits the signal. No, this is actually no. the spinning wheel. Oh, you have the spinning wheel. <laughs> I still have the spinning wheel. <laughs> so, but, by the way, you did mention uh, before we came on the air that you have some, what is it called? Oh, yeah. So I signed up with Orange and Rockland to get a rebate for, um, I have a smart, what do you call it, smart thermostat. It's an okay. Ecobee. Um, they have a promotion with Ecobee where they'll give you $85 as a rebate as long as you allow them in the summertime to monitor your usage um, and and tweak it as necessary during that, like a period of three months during the summer. So they can see over usage, under usage. And I'm like, sure, for 85 bucks, I have no problem signing up to do that. So I have two in my house. So um, they sent me two checks and then every year you can renew it if you want to participate. And right. I guess they continue to send the rebates, which I thought was pretty interesting. So let me ask you a question because um so it's like a so it's sort of like a smart meter during the summer in your home. Can, can you can you have can you dial into your Ecobee and change the temperature while you're not home? Yes, I oh, can so tell my Alexa like, to change the temperature too if I want her to. And and they gave you an eighty five dollar rebate, but how much did the units themselves cost? They're about three hundred bucks, two fifty, I think, if I remember correctly. Okay. I did the one with the built in. Alexa, but there's other options that don't have that. So, um, I mean, I guess it just offsets the cost and it does allow you to set vacation modes and monitor some of, you know, the other things that I do in my house when my usage is up and down, et cetera. All right. So it's for you to be able to remotely access your, um, your thermostat, but it's not like Orange and Rockland is coming in and during these periods of the months, they, I, my thermostat will send details of my, how I use my um, air conditioning. That's kind of the idea. Right. So they're monitoring. I'm basically selling my data, I think, for the for the purchase price or for the for the $85 is how I understand it. Right. But, they, but that doesn't give them control. Over no. And if they did, I have the control to always override it. It's not like they're going to set my temperature to 50 degrees <laughs> during the summer. Well, I'd be more concerned that they were setting your, your, your summer temperature to like 85 degrees. You walk in the house, you're like, oh, my God. <laughs> uh, I definitely uh, turned that switch off right away. <laughs> so, all right. That's that really similar to that nest. It is. It's similar okay. to a nest it's a little more involved than what a nest does and i don't know i did the research you know mm -hmm. compare yep. and this was the one i decided on so yeah. that's really excellent i'm going to uh, definitely go online and look for that myself because i have been interested in a smart um thermostat for a while and if there's um, a way to get a rebate on mm. that why would i not do that well, if I ever build a house again, it's definitely something that I'm going to be looking into. <laughs> but given that I'm in a rental right now, I'm not doing it. No, no, I understand completely. But maybe your landlord will. Uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> I, will, I will try to talk to him about that. All right. So, um, you know, our next topic today that we are going to talk about um, is the finances surrounding buying or selling a home. Um, this is the time of year where we are out there, all real estate agents across the land saying, List your home, inventory's low, this is the time, get to market early, right? Um, and a lot of times I don't think we think about how stressful just thinking about selling a home or buying a home really is for that, for that homeowner or prospective buyer. So I know that one of the questions that comes up or, you know, is, well, you know, how much, how much is my home worth, right? So we talk about, we'll give you a CMA and we'll let you know about what the market says your home is worth. Um, but I don't think necessarily during that conversation or at least I'm not particularly good at saying, okay, here's what we can sell it for. And on the flip side, 
here are the expense side of that sale. So if you sell your house for $300,000, you are not taking home $300,000. Exactly. I've had that conversation with a couple of sellers. And even with buyers, they say, well, what's next? What's next? What is there anything else that I don't want to be surprised? Is there another cost? And sellers, you know, are the same way. They want to know what is the bottom line? What am I actually going to get? Now we know that you get that in the closing statement, but, you know, you kind of say, well, you have to be able to give them a guesstimate. Right. And I think that's part of, of preparing, like, mm. am I really ready to sell the house? Like mm -hmm. really, truly understanding the financial implication, because most people selling a house then need to go somewhere else and they need to buy. And so they really need a good picture of their financial, kind of like their financial stance, right? Does that right. make sense? Right. You, yeah. Because you have to be prepared for any eventuality. You know, you don't want to have all of a sudden that point come up that you didn't anticipate. Oops. You know, and I've seen that happen before yeah. where someone went to a closing and uh, apparently the mortgage person, and it was not Mike, <laughs> that um, didn't disclose the points and how they were to be paid. Well, $5,000 later, the guy had to borrow it from someone who was at the closing with him, then had to co-sign. Wow. And they were in the middle of a deal. So now he was taking money away from the deal that he was going to have a, to transact. And unfortunately for this particular person, two years later, um, they went bankrupt. Yeah. So, you know, these are challenges. And... And you always want to know what's going to happen. It's not like you're going to sit there and say, okay, I can read your future, but you can definitely tell them within a certain amount of dollars what they can expect. Right. Be prepared. Be prepared. I, I think the hardest part from our perspective is, I mean, I tend to over-disclose, mm -hmm. like, let's, let's plan for worst case scenario, mm -hmm. but there's always people out there that are going to kind of do similar to whoever that person was working with and not tell them everything, or maybe not know everything just because of their inexperience. But yeah, that's the hardest part because... I'm always going to say, listen, let's look at this worst case scenario. This is what you're going to need to bring. But we'll probably know that we're not going to have to collect all of this, but let's just use it as a number. When the Joe Blow down the street is just like, hey, you know, here's our lowest, you know, basically kind of, I don't want to say lying, but just omitting it until they get a little closer. Once they're on board, then there's no real turning back. You know, right. once you're kind of in right. the process, the person, you know, throws a $5,000 fee in there and the Right, the, the buyer is not going to go. They're scrambling. Yeah, they're going to scramble, and they're like, "Well, listen, I'm already to the finish line. I'd rather just come up with the money." You right. know, like so. I feel bad for people like that, and it's something a constant thing that we battle. But all right. So um, when we come back, we're going to dig in specifically on the on the sell side and then the buy side. So uh, stay tuned. This is Marcia Talbot, a licensed real estate broker of Better Homes and Gardens Rand Realty, specializing in residential, land, and vintage homes. Rest assured that I will make your experience smooth and pleasant and hold your hand through the entire process. As a resident of Orange County since 1976, I know every nook and cranny of this area. Please contact me at marcia.randrealty.com for the best experience in your buying or selling process. 
Chris Steritz has been an award-winning associate broker for more than 28 years. Chris's vast knowledge of Orange County ensures that your goals will be met whether you are a buyer or a seller, and she will help with your home inspection, mortgage, and appraisal process. She's also a specialist in corporate relocation, and the home inventory on her website is always current. For more information or to contact Chris, visit chrissteritz.randrealty.com. Hi, this is Christine Koenig with Better Homes and Garden Rand Realty, and I love real estate. I grew up helping my dad fix up his investment properties. That knowledge and experience has fueled my passion for real estate. Licensed in New York and New Jersey, I focus my business in Orange, Sussex, and Passaic counties. Check out my website at christinekoenig.randrealty.com or listen to The Real Real Estate Show, Mondays at 10 a.m. Hey guys, this is Gary A., host of The NBA Show. Tune in Saturday afternoon from 12 to 2 to hear the only show for NBA geeks and diehard fans, The NBA Show, on 93.5 FM and 1110 AM WTBQ. Radio worth listening to. Hi, this is Walt Baby Love. I want you to join me on WTBQ every Sunday morning at 6 a.m. for praise and worship. I'll give you the number for the faith phone line on gospel tracks with yours truly, who? Walt Baby Love. WTBQ. I'm gonna make this place your home. Welcome back to The Real Real Estate Show. I'm your host, Christine Koenig, here today with... Veronica Daugherty. And... I'm Mike Van sorry. Sorry, I'm just responding to a text. <laughs> There's no texting on the radio. I know, sorry. <laughs> anyway, um, by the way, this is a call-in show, and our phone number here is... Six, 651-1110, or... you. Can we still text questions here? Well, I think so, but I don't have the texting thing up, so okay. let's just go with the phone. All right. And, uh, well, then I'll just repeat it. 845-651-1110. And that's the number to call in. We love getting questions because it uses up the airtime. No, I'm cool. <laughs> <laughs> well, it just mind. makes us feel more relevant, right? We're, yes, it does. Right, responding to the needs of our, of our fabulous listening audience. Um, anyway, so we were talking a little bit today, for those just uh, joining us, about the finances surrounding buying or selling a home. So I think we're going to start with selling, and then we'll move to buying. Um, I think that the selling side, the finances are much easier to understand. It's a lot less complex. Do you agree? Oh, yeah. Right. <laughs> Mike, agree? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Depends right. on what they owe on their mortgage, I guess, well, when they're selling. <laughs> and that is literally the first question someone's considering the sell um, should be looking at is what is the payoff. But we're going to hold off for a sec. We have a call in. Uh, good morning, Christine, Mike, and Veronica. How are you doing today? I just wanted to find out, uh, you were talking about the smart meters. I'm the one that called about the smart meters. Ah, uh, uh, yes. Um, uh, did they mention anything about um, for area t- to be able to, with the smart meters, be able to tell if there's uh, area outages and restoration times? Um, so they said that uh, the research I have done indicates that it is a way for um, Orange and Rockland to be able to respond to outages. They would be electronically made aware that there was an outage so that they could increase their response times. Um, but I do not believe there is a way to communicate back to the affected area about when. No, um, no, no. I didn't say yeah. that. But just to find out what outages and, and how long it will take to get restored. Yeah, uh, I know. I, all I know is that they, the meters themselves, would report back to Orange and Rockland that there was a service interruption, so that they could um, respond quicker. But in terms of any sort of um, other information, I think that that's sort of where that where that ends. 
Right, and those rebates are on there for the electric appliance rebates. They're on the O&R website. There's different uh, qualifications for them. Mm-hmm. Um, so like Wi-Fi thermostats that you were talking about, air conditioners, so on and so forth. Oh, great. Thank you. Just so you're aware of that. And it is possible to have O&R come on and do a show because you could have a whole show just about rebates and topics and energy efficiency and so on and so forth. That is one of the things that we thought about putting on. So thank you for reminding us. It did come up in our conversation at the office. So uh, it's definitely something we're going to do. Right. Because there's there's so much with smart devices (laughs) and, yeah, there's so much with smart devices and what they can do and energy efficiency and saving money and so on and so forth. Right. For sure. So we will will reach out and try to find someone. I I will say one of our challenges always um, is getting people over the fear of being on the radio. So um, and the bigger the company you speak to, the more red tape there is to get a a guest on. So we will certainly reach out and see if we can't get someone because I do think that would be a really interesting Mm -hmm. show. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, it's a great topic with everything today. So the modern technology, basically. So. So thank you so much. Really appreciate it. All right. Take care. Mm, Bye bye. Have a good day. All right. So we were just uh, talking about um, understanding the costs of selling your home. And the first thing. that we really need to understand is what do you still owe, right? Um, and that is usually resolved with a very quick phone call. I think most mortgage companies, when you call in, one of the options right right at the beginning is um, get a payoff amount. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's yeah. what you're looking for. Um, so you have that number. Um, and then, you, you and know- you want to get it good through a certain day. Because if you get a payoff today, it's going to be different five days from now. Right. So just usually get a payoff that's good through 30 days is what we'll request and we're, you know, at a closing or, right. or doing a refinance, for instance. All right. And then, um, you know, the next part is to understand what um, what you could sell your house for. So if you owe $250,000 on your home and you can sell it for 300000 that starts to give you um, the beginning of what, uh, you know, what equity you're going to have in your pocket at the end of that transaction. Um, however, it's not as easy as finding out what you owe, selling the house, and that differential is what goes in your pocket because there are there are other costs associated. Um, some of the most common ones. Let's talk about um, our favorite because it's how we get paid: the real estate commission. Yep. Um, so, in general, um, in the area, you're going to look to be paying, I guess, five percent on average. I would say five percent on average, six percent. It, it's it hard. Varies, I know it, and yeah, it and I was, from broker but, to broker. and that's true. And and by person to person, that is something mm-hmm. that you're going to have that conversation with, um, you know, specifically with your with your um, with your agent. So um, I would say, in general, you know, and we're on the other side. Like when I'm working with buyers, I'm on the other side. So one of the things people should understand is that commission isn't just go in your in in the pocket of the agent that you have the house listed with. Right. Right. It gets it divvied up, broker. sliced and diced all mm-hmm. over the place. Mm-hmm. So um, you know, it's hard for us as a on the buy side to necessarily know what the full commission is because all we really know is what's being offered to us, right? Correct. There's a section where it'll say, okay, so if you are the agent who sells this home, you are going to get 2%, 2.5%, 2.25%, um, and then even that number gets sliced and diced again. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, it's, it's. I know it's important for someone thinking who, uh, who's thinking about selling, like how much should I really be thinking? And I, you know, I think that using under 6%, but over, over four and a half percent is going to give you a good, a good indication, right? Uh, well, I think the adage "you get what you pay for" kind of comes into this, right? You know, so um, 
you know, with the types of brokerages that are coming up now, you know, the ones that you pay a flat fee, et cetera. Yeah. Uh, and then they handle their zero service. Yeah. Yeah. yeah right. Zero. I service. mean, anyone can put pay a fee and list a property on MLS. Exactly. It doesn't mean that exactly. They're they take just you have to, to have the paperwork line. that yeah. you can submit, and it's like anything else that we submit. And then from there, you know, it's like they don't even really have to take pictures. They oftentimes will use the pictures that the seller will provide. Right. And it takes much longer because oh. you can't always be available as a seller. You know, and if somebody wants to see your house at six o'clock and you're at work, well, who's going to open the door? You know, not the broker who is getting a flat fee. Right. So it will be the broker who has an agent in the office that has listed your home and is giving you 100% service. Right. And right. That service is, is can has so many different assets. Absolutely. Um, and, and different, I guess, realms. So we will talk about what um, what makes a great listing agent at another time, but yeah. um, we'll refocus towards the finances <laughs> of selling your home. So we have a real estate commission. Um, another thing that comes up during the process is there's a home inspection, right? Correct. And during that home inspection, um, things come up. So you should really be budgeting in your in you know in your in your numbers when you're kind of trying to make that decision. Is it the right time for me to sell? Something is always going to come up. And for the most part, as a seller, you pretty much already know that, you know, things, you have deferred maintenance. Unless it's a brand new construction, you have deferred maintenance. I'll get to that next year. I'll get to that in the spring. So keep that in mind because you have the option. You can fix it or you can let it come up in inspection. And then you'll, you know, either have to fix it or, you know, possibly lose a deal, negotiate a lower price. There's uh, scenarios and variables there. So I, you know, advice I give to, you know, to my sellers and my buyers when we're talking about inspection items. Um, you know, an inspection is not a negotiating tool, right? It's it's really right. not. It's right. truthfully, it is for the buyers to know what they are buying, right? It gives them information about the home so they can make a value judgment. Is this home still worth what I, um, mm-hmm. what I thought it was worth when I didn't know this was a problem? Right. Um, and there are some issues where that, that value proposition no longer makes sense at the number that I've offered because the furnace has to be replaced and that's a $6,500 event or mm-hmm. um, the air conditioner is no longer working and that's going to be a $4,000 event or whatever it is, um, you know, that's when negotiating comes in. When a list comes up and it's, you know, there's a rip screen here, or, you know, leaders need to be pulled out um, from from the from the drain pipes, stuff like that. That's for your information mm-hmm. as a buyer to, to have a good idea of how to maintain your home um, when you get it. So um, I do always like to have that quick discussion differentiating between a real system issue, a safety issue that needs to be resolved and is going to be a cost no matter what versus things that are nice to do to, yeah. to keep, keep your home in good condition. Yeah. Well, and that's a discussion that I have as well, because, you know, I'll look through a place and I'll say, well, what about this? What about this? I mean, I'll come up with a list myself. And if the person tells me, yeah, well, I can do this, but I don't have the resources. Well, then we need to say, <clears throat> you know, I often get a list from the seller of all the improvements they've made. Right. So you already know that up front. Um, if there's other things, they, they will say, inspections mm-hmm. are for informational purposes only. And that's a good thing. Not everyone discloses it that way, but right. they should. Yeah. Um, so that at least the buyer is aware that, okay, see all this great stuff? You've got that. But see that? We're sorry, but it's not going to happen. So at least it's a reality check. 
for sure. Um, the next item on my list is attorney fees, right? Mm -hmm. um, everyone in this part of the state, at least, comes to the table with an attorney. The buyer does, the seller does, the bank does. There are so many attorneys at the table. Um, so there's a fee associated with that. Um, and, you know, when you're, the attorney in this, uh, it, as you're selling, their responsibility is to really get, you know, tie all the, tie all the little bows, make sure everything right. is what it needs to be and communicate back and forth with the buyer who is going to have a lot of questions. Um, and they're really making sure um, we, you know, uh, handling things from the, from the municipal and are, have all permits been closed and things like that and kind of walk you through um, that process. By the way, if you're selling, this is a huge thing, although it doesn't necessarily cost you money. You do want to make sure that any permit for any work you have oh. done has been closed. Did you put a put a furnace in once and then open a permit but not close it? Go down right. and close it now, right? Did you install new windows at some point in time, open a permit and not close it? What about your roof? All of these things, mm -hmm. um, if there's a permit that was opened, it's not enough to like go down, pay your money, get your permit and have the work done. You then have to go back to the town and close that permit. Right. Um, and that's one of the things you can do upfront to make, uh, to streamline the whole process. And it's usually part of the whole process. When you get a permit, the assumption is that you're going to be closing it out. I know. And some people just forget that mm -hmm. life gets busy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> speaking of busy, we are already at our next commercial break. So please stay tuned. Come and we'll be back in a few minutes. This is Grace Warren, a licensed real estate agent for Better Homes and Gardens Rand Realty for more than 17 years. And I'm ready to hear your wants and needs, and then I will help you fulfill your goals. As a full-time residential specialist and longtime resident of Orange County, I know the Orange County market very well, and whether you're a buyer or seller, my priority is your satisfaction. For more information, please visit my website, gracewarren.randrealty.com, and let's get together. Hi, I'm Carol Rogers. We are excited to announce our partnership with Better Homes and Gardens Rand Realty and to introduce you to the Carol Rogers Real Estate Team. Susan and I listen and strive to make your experience stress-free. And I'm Susan Schneider. Between Carol and myself, we have sold over 200 homes at Warwick Grove alone. And now we also cover the greater Hudson Valley. Visit us at carolrogerssells.com for a complimentary market analysis and we will answer all of your real estate questions. This is attorney Bob Krahula of the law firm Beatty & Kruhulik, the lawyer guy here on WTBQ Radio. Tune in every Tuesday at 12 noon for the latest legal advice and tips. We're taking calls and giving answers to all your legal questions right here on WTBQ. Hi, this is Greenwood Lake Mayor Jesse Dwyer, host of the Greenwood Lake Radio Show. Tune in on Fridays at 11 a.m., call in, text in, and learn everything there is Greenwood Lake right here on WTBQ, radio worth listening to. WTBQ Look for partly sunny skies today. It'll be cooler than it's been with a high in the upper 30s. Tonight, clouding over, there could be some snow showers or flurries. Look for a low heading into the low and mid-20s. Tomorrow, mostly cloudy skies, a couple of snow showers during the midday, and then cloudy in the afternoon with a high in the low 30s. Cloudy early tomorrow night, then clearing up overnight. We'll head down into the lower teens as much colder air moves in and increasing clouds on Wednesday near 30. I'm meteorologist Tony Salimo from the WTBQ Weather Center. WTBQ. I'm gonna make this place your home. And we're back. It's Veronica Daugherty and Christine Koenig. And Mike Van Manshart. 
And we're going to continue our discussion with regard to cost to the sellers in a transaction. And then at that point, after that, we'll move along to the buyer costs. Yeah, you know, Veronica, you brought up a good point, just quickly circling back to home inspection repair items. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're selling your home and you've owned it for a very long time um, and you're interested in knowing what sorts of things might come up, what kind of options do you have before you list? Well, I definitely would try to get a pre-inspection because it may be a little bit different when the owner has a, a calls for an inspection and the buyer does, but pretty much most of these people are, they kind of follow a guideline. Right. This is what they have to check. So they'll check your electrical systems. They'll check your septic. They'll check... Um, the furnace. A furnace. Any number of things, uh, how the how the toilets are running. Your roof. Radon. Yeah. yeah. You guys do radon. Radon, mm-hmm. absolutely. Because you know what? The funny thing is, sometimes you can have the radon piping installed, but the fan is not installed. And if you look in your contract, the, uh, the the builder may have said the pipe's in there, but you have to do the fan yourself if you want to have <laughs> remediation done. I can. That's what happened to me. We had the piping in. Everything was where it should be. We just had to have that little fan done. And I was surprised. We had like a 6.8 right. radon. Wow. Yeah. And I was like, are you serious? And then I found out why. And I looked through the contract and I said, oh, there you go. That's so, interesting. I never knew that. Although I have seen in newer construction where I see the I see the pipe into the ground. I know exactly mm-hmm. what it is. And like in my mind, I'm like, I wonder if this is like a passive radon system. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to say there's no such thing as a passive radon system. <laughs> Someone just didn't put the fan in. Right. They just didn't put the fan in. And you have, you know, if you have the pipes going straight up to the roof, there's a difference. And if you have the pipes like kind of going off at a right angle and then through the roof, it all makes a difference in how they have to address that system. So interesting. Yeah. All right. So we're, we're down to the end of the seller's cost. Um, there's, of course, moving fees, right? Are you going to hire hire packers? Are you going to pack and just hire movers? Are you going to move yourself, rent a U-Haul? Um, yeah, risk you know, it with do you have your to brother-in-law st- and all <laughs> Do you have to put stuff in storage or... Um, you know, where are you going next? Did all that mm. timing work out? Yeah. So, you know, there are certainly a lot of thought that goes into that. I think that that's another panic point for sellers is, you know, what if I sell my home and I haven't found that place to be yet? What do I do? Um, and, you know, the answer is put your stuff in storage. Storage <laughs> S- and stay with know, mom. <laughs> I've had a ton of people. Yeah, I've had a ton of people. They had relatives in the area that said, OK, it's going to be about another two months. And they stayed with the relatives until the house was completed or until the transaction was completed. There is always an option. It's never like do or die. Right. You know, I've never had someone end up homeless for, for yeah. two months. You know, yeah. it, it may not be the it may not be the optimal situation. I mean, right. I mean, we would love to line up every closing, uh, you know, the sale side and the buy side on the same day. But that rarely Really, really, rarely. Especially with people that have lived in their house for 40 years. There's mm-hmm. no way that they're going to be able to clean their house out, you know. Mm-hmm relatively quickly so they need that extra time right yeah is what i've seen (laughs) for sure Um, and then the last number that we really want to talk about is the transfer tax so the seller in most cases is responsible for the transfer tax so unless it's a foreclosure or bank property or uh, new construction new New construction construction. the transfer tax is paid by that seller Um, and you can assume that that's going to be about four dollars per thousand a buyer will pay transfer tax on a concession. That's one of the common misconceptions. So if you, <clears throat> excuse me, build in a $10,000 concession right. on a purchase price of 200 and now the purchase price is 210 the buyer 
does pay that. We don't make the seller pay for that concession right. or uh, that tax right. on for the concession. The, yeah, right. for the for 10000 correct. Right. So Good. 40 bucks. Oh, interesting. <laughs> hey. So, I mean, overall, I think that you're looking, you know, looking at about, you know, 8%, 10% of the price of the home in, in fees and stuff. It might be a little right. less than that, but... Um, if you want to be conservative, I would I would be looking at that eight percent. Yeah. Another tip is when you do ask for your payoff, some lenders will allow you to do a principal reduction based on your escrow balance. If there is money in your escrow oh, and nothing's due at the time, you can say, Hey, I owe one fifty, but there's ten thousand in my escrow balance. Can my payoff be one forty? Instead of paying them one fifty and then waiting two weeks for the difference, which is usually what happens, right. but you can ask. Um, it just really depends on when taxes are due and when you're selling. Mm, right. Because some of them will be like, well, the bill's coming tomorrow. We're not going to give you the money, you know, like right, that type right. of thing. So. <laughs> All right. So let's let's switch, switch over to the other side. Now we're buying a home, um, right? So if you just sold your home, you need to buy, what is that going to cost you? Or maybe you're a first time home buyer and you're trying to figure out is, am I ready? Can I buy a home? Um, and this is a little more complicated. Uh, there are a lot more moving parts to this. Um, we talk about closing costs a lot, right? And that word sounds easy. Oh, I've got closing costs. And then when you back into what your closing costs are, um, sometimes that number can be a very scary number. Um, and I thought we would take some time to kind of break down what's involved in closing costs. What are what what are you paying for when you buy a house? Um, so let's do the the upfront costs, things that you're paying for before you before you kind of move down the road, right? So you you're out, you're looking, you find a home you love, you put an offer together, um, your offer is accepted. What happens next, right? Um, so the first thing that's going to happen here is your home inspection, right? Hmm. Um, a home inspection. You're going to do a home inspection. You're going to do a septic inspection. You're going to test for radon. You're going to test the water to make you know, especially if it's well water, to make sure um, the water is potable. Um, and all those things um, have a charge. So um, if your home does not have a septic system, you're going to be looking at, you know, $600, six, 650 to do um, your home inspection, your radon, and your water. Right. Is, is that about what, uh, you, what you find? Mm -hmm. I mean, and again, those price, all prices vary, uh, yeah. but, you know, just because trying to give people... Water depends versus, on square footage, too. I mean, yeah. if you have a smaller house versus a right. large or a multifamily mm -hmm. house. Yeah. Or, um, and then a septic inspection, I, you know, I, I scream from the mountaintops, do a septic inspection. Absolutely. And not everyone does. And because it's, and it is not inexpensive to do, um, but it is totally worth it. Especially if you have a tree growing anywhere near, near the house. Well, or if it's an older home, I mean, there are so many, a septic system is invisible, right? You don't see it. Um, and so it's mm -hmm. so important to make sure it's working. Cause if it's not, that's can be a, a 25 to $40,000 um, adventure that you weren't planning to make. Right. Um, so, I, you know, it is buyer beware that this is your opportunity to make sure you know what you're buying. I mean, if it costs you an extra $500 to know, that's $500 well spent. So um, again, let me get on my septic, uh, <laughs> septic uh, soapbox. Check your septics before you buy a house. Right. And it's not as big of a deal for, um, you know, a lot of people are afraid of septic systems. Don't be because, you know, anything outside of a village is going to be a septic system. And they have been around for hundreds of years. You know, whether they were called cesspools at one time or septics now, they just have to be cleaned out. So right. if you maintain your septic you maintain, system, it, there's, there's exactly. no long-term, right. you know, things I mean, to scare you away. Now they're all plastic, right? So they can't even... 
decompose. Well, right. Well, it's not. It, right. Well, that's the tank is plastic, yeah. but then there's all like the the, the leach field, leech field yeah. and the mm-hmm. um, all those different parts there. And that you know right. that's that is what that test does. Like there are some people who come pop open a lid. Oh, look, your your tank looks good. Well, it's only the first part of the of the system. You really want someone who's going to go down trace. What happens when the effluent leaves the tank and heads down into your yard? Is it getting to where it needs to go? Is it, is it seeping properly? Is it um, equally being distributed left and right through the field? Like all of these things. So and, me, and did anyone build a pool over it? Right. <laughs> put, or put right. Put a driveway over it. I mean, there. Put a garage. I had someone put a garage on top of one oh, once. Oh no. So it's um, you know. Check your septics. Yeah. Um, And and educate yourself, you know, so that you know exactly what it's all about. Um, You know, there's no harm there because at least you'll know what you're looking at and, and, you know, what the ramification, you know, what a baffle is and all that kind of good stuff. So. All right. The next thing we're going to hire is our attorney, right? That's the, after we do our inspections, we move to the attorneys. We got to find our attorney and. This is what they say. However. (laughs) My feeling on the subject is if you have a real, you go for your pre-approval because you want to know what you can spend. Mm -hmm. As soon as you know you want to buy a house, I would start looking at attorneys, see what they charge and, you know, explain to them. They're not going to charge you until you do the contract. So honestly, you want to shop around. Right. I agree. Yeah. Attorneys make the biggest difference in a transaction. Absolutely. I I found myself doing almost attorney work to kind of coach the clients more than the attorney does because they're just not answering, you know, it's, yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> and you feel terrible. It's like, there's nothing I can do, you right. know, but I can tell you what the process should be. Right. <laughs> you no, know? as you know, and, and as a realtor, um, when you have an engaged attorney who takes ownership of that whole transaction and is ushering it through and right, it makes everyone feel so much more confident uh, about the process because everyone mm-hmm. is looped in. There are some attorneys that really see their their job as just checking the boxes. Did the paperwork get here or there? I mean, won't return a real estate agent's call no matter what um, and barely will turn their client's call. And that is super frustrating. Um, so I think as, um, you know, there are sometimes there, are, you know, you see who someone's working with and you're like, yes, this is awesome. What a great transaction this is going to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, but sometimes the response is- You cringe. Yes, there, <laughs> there are, it happens, it does. Um, so some other things that you need to think about up front, um, you need to talk to your mortgage person right away, um, because there are a lot of different mortgage options out there for you. Right. Um, and that is really where you're going to determine what your down payment needs to be. Exactly. Um, you know, is it three and a half percent? Is it 5%? Do you want to put 20% down? Right. Um, all of this, um, plays into a lot of the other fees associated with the purchase. Mm-hmm. So making sure you have a great understanding of what sorts of loans you qualify for, and then what is going to work best for what your financial goals are. Is that right? Yeah, I would agree. Because a lot of people, when I ask them what they wanted to put down, they automatically just tell me exactly what they have saved for the transaction, whether it's 10000 or 20000 or 30000 And I kind of have to pull it back and say, you know, that's great. We can't use all that for down payment because we have to figure out what other costs are going to be. So maybe we lower your down payment and leave you a cushion for those closing costs so that we can make sure we get to the closing table. Right. So typically the conversation that I have is what's your all in? Like if you have 50,000 in the bank, obviously we don't want to drain your bank account for you to get in the house, but out of that, what do you want to use? And then I can structure the program Mm -hmm. around that. So if you tell me I only want to use 30 and I want to use 20 for my rainy day fund or cushion, 
then I'll know that we're going to need a program that with all the costs and the down payment, we come in under that number, whether it's me giving lender credits to help out with some of those costs or maybe leaning on a concession from the seller. Right. We just have to know what that number is. By the way, uh, can you define a lender credit? Because I think that that is a term that you understand, but nobody else does. So how we are compensated is based on a par interest rate, and then you pay what's called points, right, to right. buy the interest rate down. Now, because we are a broker and correspondent lender, we're not paid on the rate that we give you. So if I gave you, you know, Christina 5% and Veronica 4%, normally how a bank retail branch would work is they collect that difference. If there's a little bit of money extra there, it goes directly to the branch. Right. Now for us, we're not paid that way. So we basically offer it back to the client. So it's a lender credit to be used towards closing costs. If for instance, they want more lender credit, then we could increase their interest rate to help offset those costs, or if they want to- So it's sort of like the opposite of buying a point. Correct. There, right. It's the spread in there that if their par rate, most par rates these days are gonna have a small lender credit built in before they're charged, the clients charge any point. So it may be $100, $200, but then with like FHA or government insured loans, that credit can be much higher. So we can actually increase it quite a bit their interest rate may go up slightly, but you know, as long as they understand how it affects their payment, then most people will opt to either take it or not take it. It just depends on right. their situation. So that's that's sort of a way to kind of use your mortgage to pay for some of those closing cost fees that you may not have the cash available for. Exactly. Okay, that's great. Well, already it seems that we are coming up on a uh, break time. And when we come back, we are gonna finish talking about um, costs to the buyer when you're buying a home. Hi, this is Veronica Daugherty, a licensed real estate agent for 12 years with Better Homes and Gardens Brand Realty. Although based in Warwick, I also serve Orange, Sullivan, and Ulster counties. My primary goal is to ensure that your home buying or selling experience is successful, meets your needs and desires, and is stress-free. For more information, visit veronicadaugherty.randrealty.com or call 845-544-5807. Hudson United Mortgage, the number one mortgage company, specializes in residential loans in New York and New Jersey, where Mike Vanman Smart is offering first-time homebuyers low down payment options and a mortgage that saves you money and time. Hudson United Mortgage is a broker and correspondent lender licensed in New York, New Jersey, and Connecticut, and specializes in residential loans in all three states. There are low down payments for first-time home buyers, and they'll offer you a $100 gift card just to look at your offer from another lender. To set up an appointment or for more information, go to HudsonMortgage.com. Hudson United Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 152355, is an NY limited liability company and operates with a following licenses. Licensed Correspondent Mortgage Lender by the NJ Department of Banking and Insurance, a registered mortgage broker with the NYS Department of Financial Services. All NY loans are arranged through third-party lenders, not affiliated with Hudson United Bank. Tune into the nonprofit Notebook, your resource for and about people helping people. Learn about all the events and services available for you, friends, or family. Open your nonprofit Notebook Tuesdays at 11 a.m. WTBQ, radio worth listening to. Hi, this is Peter Fellow of 
A&T Healthcare, your one call for the finest in home health care. Tune in every Thursday at 10 a.m. to hear the latest news on everything health-related because your health does matter right here on WTBQ Radio, worth listening to. WTBQ. I'm going to make this place your home. And, and we're back. Veronica Daugherty. And Christine Koenig. And Mike Van Manshart. And today we are talking about what it costs to buy and sell. And we are, I guess, like a quarter way through costs that the buyer is going to have to pay for. Um, you know, we talked briefly about the inspection and the attorney. Um, but the next thing is going to be an appraisal fee. Once you have your house, you've done your inspection, everyone's signing contracts. You know, then the next thing that happens is the mortgage process starts. And in that process, the bank wants to make sure that uh, the money they lend you, there's the value in the house. Right, Mike? Correct. Yeah. So you guys will do an inspection when you go to contract, which we like to say is, you know, inspection is for your protection. Right. The appraisal is basically for our protection and yours in a way to make sure that you're not overpaying for a house. But it's to tell us, hey, we're lending this person the money and the value is this amount. So we're comfortable now lending that money based on that value. Right. Now, that fee will vary depending on which program you do essentially if you have a larger home a two family for instance but the range is really from 475 up to 520 give or take okay the larger houses you can see 650 and 750 really for that amount um but yeah so there are and then we have programs i mean and this, like, not to mention the special that we're running where we'll actually refund your appraisal at closing um up to 520 dollars. i think it is oh that's great yeah for january and february but what i was going to say is there are other programs that we offer regardless of the promotion that do have reimbursements for appraisals as well. Right. And so. then um, talk a little bit about, are there, aren't there some loans now, and maybe it's only on the refi side, and I'm not sure, that um, they may not need an appraisal based on, and is yeah, that right? Yeah, depending on, I mean, every scenario is different, but the data out there nowadays, the big companies like Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac, they basically have every single bit of data on every house. Um so we get what's called a property inspection waiver, which is basically an appraisal waiver. Depending on your program, if we have the data already that, and we know what the value is, we're not going to make you pay for an appraisal when we know, essentially based on market data, what it's going to come in at. But not every home qualifies Correct, for that. Correct, yeah. And it depends. You'll see it more in urban areas where there's more sales close by. Right. Um, and then also based on down payment. If you're putting... 5% down, you're not going to get a property inspection waiver because there's too much risk there for the bank. But on a 20% down or maybe a refinance with a lot of equity in the house, you can look to see that. We see them more and more these days, especially going into Rockland. Right. Um, but well, yeah. I will say when you did the refi on my house that we were able to do the property inspection waiver. Oh yeah, we waiver. did. I forgot. Yeah. yeah. See, saved you some money. <laughs> you did. I know. Listen, it's why, it's why I always recommend you, Mike. <laughs> um, all right. So next on our list, um, we talked about appraisal. There are Things like title that we have to pay for, and that's an insurance policy for the mortgage itself to make sure that um, there are no secret people who have claims to your property. Um, you know, maybe you inherited a house from your, you know, from your dad, and then you go to sell it, and your uncle shows up out of nowhere and says, "Hey, I have a claim to this house." Um, this is an insurance policy for that buyer to be able to say, if someone shows up, um, they're not uh, losing, you know, losing their investment. Mm-hmm. Or um, it's a, it's another, um, you're building on a site that probably, you know, like when you you have these little reservation type things and you're building on an Indian reservation, you don't realize that, you know, there's a lot of little quirky things that come up. Right. But it, um, in, in, my, in my almost 10 years of real estate, I have never 
ever had a title claim, but that doesn't mean they don't exist because right. um, th there wouldn't be there wouldn't be the need to buy it if if there was no need to buy it. Um, that being said, uh, next part of that um, of that closing cost uh, that buyer uh, cost is the down payment, and again, you're um, you work with your mortgage person to figure out what that down payment needs to be. Um, and then come some of the things that like start to make your closing costs feel unreal. Like how can it be that much? Um, so one of the things that you have to do as someone buying a home is reimburse the seller for the taxes they've already paid for the time that you're going to be living there. So if taxes are due in January and you buy the house in June, you owe a credit back to that um, seller for six months of taxes. So if taxes are $10,000 a year, you owe that guy $5,000. And that's just right out of your pocket. There you go. Um, but it makes that closing cost number start to bounce up. Right. Uh, yeah, a good rule of thumb is if you know that the taxes are $8,000 on a property, just assume that you're going to have to pay $8,000 at closing. And we know that you're not going to have to, but there's times a year, you know, when school taxes are due, when that right. number is actually 13 months that is paid because a good chunk of your taxes really is school tax. This time of year, it's not due, mm -hmm. but come, you know, later September. in the summer, yeah, come mm -hmm. September, we're going to get a nice big bill from the school that says, hey, this is what you owe us. Right. <laughs> well, right. And not only that, like there's the flip side. So you have to reimburse someone and then you also have to like fill up your escrow account, yep. right? So you're, you're paying someone who's already paid taxes, plus you're prepaying taxes for the next year so that um, everything works nicely with your mortgage company. Yeah, it's one of the questions I get most often is, why am I paying taxes twice? You're actually not. You know, every payment going forward, you're paying one-twelfth of what's due for next year, for when that bill comes, so that we're not chasing you for money. We already have it in the escrow account. Right, and then, you're, and then uh, in your monthly payment, will be built in a little bit each month to keep that escrow account full so that it's never in the negative. Yep. Because the banks don't want to ever be lending someone even a penny. Exactly. <laughs> um, other things, uh, homeowner's insurance policy is another thing that people don't necessarily think about, right? That's uh, a couple hundred dollars. I mean, seven, eight, nine, 12, depending mm, on the house. Sometimes it's 1,200, yeah. 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 So it could range depending on a lot of factors of the house. Correct, So, but I think that people don't realize that's part of that closing cost. So, mm -hmm. you know, it's 1,000 here, 1,000 there, 2,000 there, 5,000 there, 6,000 there. All of a sudden you're at 14 or $15,000 in closing costs. Right. Um, uh, it, one aspect, the mortgage tax too, if you're buying in New York, is oh, a yes. huge chunk of, uh, Huge chunk of money paid at closing to the great state of New York. I think um, it's 0.08%. Yeah, it is. And then the Warwick Preservation Tax, if you're buying in Warwick, you would be paying that too. It's a one-time tax to Warwick to keep the farms accessible. Right. right. And I think that is 0.75% after the first $100,000 yep. of the... So those are two that most people don't think about when they're buying a house. No, it's but something that, that... Right. And that's a couple thousand dollars yeah. there again. Um, and I think then there are some other, other fees that you pay, recording fees... Um, you know, anything that has to go to the county um, to end up in like a your deed, things that get recorded with them, they pay, uh, they charge per page to record um, those little pieces of paper. And there are many of them that get recorded. So that, you know, that's another $300, I would say, mm -hmm. in, uh, in fees that kind of get tacked on. So um, yeah, it's a moving target. I mean, it really just depends on what the person, I mean, even the title fees that you mentioned varies depending on the purchase price. It's right. more for title on a $500,000 house than it is for a $200,000 house. So right. it's definitely something, it's a moving target. I, I like to tell people until we actually narrow down a property, it can be less or more than what we originally talk about. So Mike, when you're working with a buyer and they're trying to figure out how to um, budget for these closing costs, um, 
how early in the process can you give them a reasonably close figure versus how close to the end are you disclosing what that final number is? The final number, like the true final cost will come after a date is set for the closing, but within a few hundred dollars, that's all that will change. In the beginning, we try to use worst case scenario, which is when I tell you we'll disclose 12 months of taxes just to be safe. And I'll ask them, I usually work up a mortgage amount based on what they're comfortable monthly budget. Like people always ask, what can I qualify for? I kind of flip it back and say, well, what do you want to pay? Because you might qualify for a half million dollar house. It doesn't mean that you want a $4,000 mortgage, you know? Right, so right, right. Um, that's kind of where we backtrack a little bit and figure out what they want. And then we can, you know, start breaking down the cost based on that loan size, for instance, and, and go from there. Right. And then uh, my, my last quick note of the day, anytime I'm working with buyers, I like to talk to them about um, their finances in this way. I tell them there is no spending. You're on spending lockdown. When From the time that you decide that you need a mortgage, um, every little piece of your financial life is going to be dissected by, by a bank somewhere. Um, and so if you decide that day that you need a new credit card, right, your financial picture changes and you kind of have to start the process don't all over. Don't co-sign for cars. Right? <laughs> don't, don't buy a car. Don't open a new credit card. Mm -hmm. Don't decide that you should get um, you should start shopping for furniture and, and buy it on layaway now. D none of those things. You want to really lock yourself down, be as as consistent as possible with your stuff and then realize that the mortgage process can be frustrating sometimes and that you're going to be asked to explain um, purchases sometime anytime during the last year or two. I mean, I've had to write letters for Mike for where what I spent money on. You know, there's this you got money into your account. Where did that come from? That's like, the really? biggest thing, yeah, is transfer of money. I we, mean, if we see large one. deposits, yeah. yeah. Um, I try to tell people, you know, they're always like, well, I have, you know, cash in my in my mattress. I'm like, I can't use it because I can't source it. So you're better off now while we're buying this house, go spend that cash on your groceries and, you know, right. McDonald's or whatever you're buying and keep whatever's in your bank because that's what I can verify in the bank. Stop spending from your bank, you know, is kind of the idea. So... Um, I know that uh, we forgot to mention, for those who don't know, that Mike is with Hudson United, mm -hmm. uh, which is a great mortgage company. He does a great job for us. They have so many different lending sources, uh, so many different programs. Um, Mike has been wonderful to work with. My clients love him. And if you are looking to talk to someone about what you may or may not be able to, to afford to buy, Mike is your guy. And Mike, how do they get in touch with you? Uh, you can call me directly at 845 239-6565. Fabulous. All right. I think that brings us to the end. Veronica, thank you again for a lovely show. Thank you. I just want to, if I can quickly get in there, that there is a winter windfall. It's a free home appraisal with all the loan applications that are submitted in January and February. Oh, and last but not least, if you're thinking of smell, selling your home on Thursday, February 15th from birthday. 6 to 8, there is a Selling Smart seminar at the Warwick Rand office. So please show up.